on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals. Dave breaks down Trey Lance's and his fantasy floor. Is it time to sell Courtland Sutton with Jerry Duty's return? Tony Gettleman, nerds. Stay tuned. to a tale of two rivals i'm your host your three pete going for my fourth ring champion and i'm joined by the ever eloquent always lovely always spending hours on spreadsheets nerd the one the only ff spaceman and we're here to try to find some sort of consensus to share with you our listener how are you davy Gosh, Todd, you're reaching into the fields on this one, huh? Trying to get down, get emotional. I like it. I'm here, Todd. I'm excited for our second episode. My takes, your takes were solid, Todd. Way to start off the week. Episode two. I'm feeling a little bit of heat, getting a couple people chirping in my ear in the old DMs here. So I'm ready to come out firing here on a couple of these. And also a couple, someone asked a question. And honestly, it's time for a little possible mea culpa here with my third take, Todd. So I'm, I'm just excited to be on the airwaves of Tale Two Rivals, my friend. Who's chirping in your DMs? Who's chirping in your DMs? I'm the only one who chirps with you. Who's chirping? Who's chirping? There's That's too my many job. to count, Todd. There's too many to count. Uh, I'm they love to own you. the nerds. I'm coming for you. I'm going to beat you over the head with a spreadsheet. Yeah, Davey. I'm ready. All right. Three takes. All Davey. Davey, take it away. Take one. So, Todd, as you know, I was all in on, this, on Trey Lance as the QB2 in this class. Uh, really just solid player. I talked a little bit last, I think it was last week, or maybe it was on, on Rookie Fever. I start, They start to blend in a little bit how Trey Lance in one half of a game scored more fantasy points than any quarterback has in a full game this season. And then he had his first full st- his first start in week five. And honestly, Todd, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great day passing. 51% completion percentage, with uh, which was negative uh, 11.4%. Uh, percentage points under ex- or over expected. That's the sixth worst uh, stat this season in, in that category through five weeks. So not good. And you know how much I love my CPOE. Uh, and then only 191 passing yards with a pick where he just let, looked like he was a little excited there early on and the ball got away from him. And a 5.1 adjusted yards per attempt. Also the 12th worst total this season in that category. Uh, not not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, now, that being said, Todd, he finished with 14.1 fantasy points, and that was good enough for the QB 20. And that's because he had 14 rushes for 89 yards. Uh, and that's what I was trying to say all offseason, Todd, when we were having these discussions, or if I was having them over in Rookie Fever, or on Happy Hour, or what have you, I was trying to say that, look, Trey Lance is not as risky as people were making him out to be. Yeah. They might have called him raw or what have you, but his fantasy, people were saying he's the, mo- the riskiest. And I was like, no, his floor, Todd, his floor game, where he had an absolute terrible game passing, his floor game, Todd, was better than any single one of Justin Fields' stats from a fantasy points expected. All the, 
this game was better than all four of Justin Fields' starts or three or whatever where he got a significant playing time. This game was better than three of Mac Jones' starts, two of Trevor Lawrence's starts, and and three of Zach Wilson's starts. So this is just trying to show you here, even when he underwhelms from a passing perspective, he still came through with a nice floor game because what what happens when those five fancy points aren't wiped out from holding penalties and other penalties from San Francisco? He had 27 expected fancy points, a road of his metric talking about what based on his volume, he that was good for 27 fancy points. That's what he what uh, was the expectation there. And that's the upside we're talking about. So not only does he just go in there and with 16 care or whatever, 14 rushes for 89 yards, Todd, to give you that 14 point floor, he then has that upside that is just absolutely blows the door doors off and can really be a weak changer here. If one or th- if he if he brings in a touchdown, he's a QB one for the week. Uh, all kinds of things happen here, Todd, and I think that's what I was trying to say all off season when we're talking about Trey Lance. Yes, he might not be the best quarterback from day one on the football field, but none of these conversations, Todd, have been about at least on the pods I've been on. I'm not going on, on uh, ESPN and talking about uh, you know just X's and O's here. I'm talking about fantasy and his. Floor and fantasy combined with his season is what I love about Trey Lance, Todd. And we saw it here in his first start with just how that, what that rushing does to his floor, but then gives you a peek at the upside with the expected points. Love the take, David. Yeah, you can't overreact in his first career start. That's, a, that's also a rookie quarterback against a very good, very fast defense in Arizona. Like, are people really overreacting to this? Are people taking, like, victory laps? Like, why is this a thing? Like, Dave, it's exactly illustrating why he's such a great prospect because of that 89 yards that he had in the rush that just saves his floor for going through those parts. And if you've watched Trey Lance play, the dude can throw. He's got a freaking cannon. Brandon Ayuk and him are supposed to be a thing, and I have hope that that's going to be a thing this year now that he's in the driver's seat so yes i 100 percent in with you on trey lance as a prospect he was a guy that was neck and neck with me all offseason about fields and i still feel that way except i'm probably higher on lance now because charles Nagy's is not his coach i would just say Todd, before moving on to take two is this is not me disparaging justin fields too because i really like justin fields a lot as well you just do, and it's just amazing to me how uh, I think Andy Dalton has more rush yards for for Chicago than Trey Lance or than uh, than Justin Fields does. But anyway, that's a separate thing to talk about Justin Fields. But I I just want to make sure that this isn't me crapping on a, any other rookie quarterbacks. It's just talking about I, I just was really tired of the 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 third. You know, he's the D two prospect or not D two, but you know, division the FCS prospect and, and all the 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 narrative, the common narratives we heard around Trey Lance because he wasn't this top recruit and yada 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 todd and we're seeing it play out so that's why i'm really excited now moving on to take two our a uh, long t- a very a friend of the show a long time listener uh cj crescent at 209 on the tweet machine he asked is it time to sell Cortland jetty <laughs> is it time to sell Cortland sutton with jerry judy's return looming and this is a good question here because i think you and i both were really high on Cortland Sutton coming into the season and ultimately, this feels some kind of like some kind of vacated targets trap where like, oh, did Corton Sutton start to do well once Jerry Judy went down with injury because Sutton had the really poor showing week one, then Judy goes down, 
and then Sutton takes off here. So I'm going to do my best to navigate these these tar- these vacated target waters and just say the short answer is no. I think Judy and Sutton are the big dogs in this offense with Tim Patrick, Noah Fant uh, as very good second tier players who are going to ha- be very efficient with their opportunities, have some some good games, but they're not going to drive this offense like Judy and like Sutton. And the reason why I say that is that Sutton has a 24% target share on the season. I think that bumped up to 26% on the season after week two, after week one. And that's with 40% of the team, uh, team air yards, which is a, that's an, a very, very nice number with a 0.64 weight opportunity rate rating, which compare, combines targets with air yards. And he's the wide receiver 28 on the season. And those numbers just don't come mysteriously out of nowhere from this vacated target illusion that people like to to paint for people. Those aren't just, uh, hey, there was some opportunity laying around and, oh, he went and got a 28% uh, or a 24% share of the offense or 26% since week, week two. So that just doesn't happen. That's not how targets work. That's not how football works. And sometimes, yes, with a secondary, with these lesser players, you do see them, the, the, those targets spread out a little bit, but not for these big dogs, not for Sutton, who was a great wide receiver, even with a young Drew Locke as his quarterback. Uh, I think the only thing that's really stopping people from going to getting just totally swept out of their feet by Sutton is that he's only scored one touchdown, I believe since his return from the injury, this and his volume, Todd, the expect he's got the one TD, but his volume I think he's at like 377 receiving yards per touchdown. Usually that's in the hundreds yards, hundred ish, 160 yards. So he should have like around three receiving touchdowns based on that volume. And just imagine what that does for him. If he's got one or two more touchdowns and ultimately Todd, as we start to wrap up this here, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater can support all four of these options that we've talked about. I know KJ Hamler is done for the season, so we can scratch him off the list. That seems a little harsh, but he doesn't play into the equation here, so it's just the Fant, Patrick, Sutton, and Judy. I don't think Bridgewater can consistently support all four of these options. So maybe there's a game where Tim Patrick gets the touchdown and a little bit, a couple extra targets, and that's spread out. But ultimately, this this comes down to next season when the veteran comes in and this t- this offense gets taken to the next level. And I know it's never a good thing to just plan on a quarterback upgrade and things, but this is, this is almost one of the more locked in things that I think we can predict about or at this point in the year about some veteran coming in and Taybridge are not being the long-term solution in Denver. And then also too, remember that was a pretty serious knee injury. So they always say after year plus one is when they really start to, to see them return themselves here. So that's just what that's, I think now's the time it, you're selling too soon with Sutton. I would rather hold on to it enjoys this offense matures and especially heading to next season. And then maybe that's time to cash out in Sutton. But yeah, I'm not moving away from Sutton right now, Todd. Like, I love this take again, Dave, but here's the thing though. Like how do we know Judy is the wide receiver one over Sutton. Anyways, we don't have much of a sample size at all to confirm that. And Sutton's a damn good wide receiver. I mean, it's in the wrong possibility that he's just going to get more work than Judy still. I would more bet on Judy. That's not what I'm saying. Like, that's the guy that I'd be looking at. But in the realm of possibilities, that Sutton could be the guy. Um, I'd be selling Patrick or whatever you can get for him right now. Fant is the number three option when Judy's back, but he holds his value given the dismal, like, tight end landscape. 
And also, like Dave said, a, to- a QB change is a common. How is it not? That's like the only huge hole on this team. Not saying it's a perfect bill. It's the only huge hole. But I will give Brett, uh, Bridgewater where credit is due. He's been a very solid game management for them. And um, they're doing well, you know? So, but definitely a QB upgrade is a common. Love to take. I'm all in on getting Sutton. I'm pretty sure I talked about him being a buy a few weeks ago. So I'm still all in on Sutton. And then moving on to to take three, Todd. This is really, this is just times where you got to call it how you see it here. And Kadarius Tony and Dave, and Dave Gettleman are getting revenge on the nerds right now. All I can see is that gif of where Gettleman is making fun of nerds, typing on their their keyboards, and he looks ridiculous doing so. But I, all I can see is that, like, hey, Tony's looked really good. And it did not look that way through the first three weeks. All was right in the world. Uh, this fir- The thir- first round pick was only seeing 33% of the snaps, uh, only five targets through those three weeks. And then weeks four, weeks five, nine targets and 13 targets. And that, I'm telling you guys, that's where big kids come to play. That's You're not at the kids' table anymore. That You're at the big kids' table. You're at the adults' table with a 25% and 35% target market share. And uh, the last two weeks, he's 260 yards receiving, dynamic with the ball in his hands, racking up yards after the catch, 200 air yards, a top five fantasy week. So, Todd, it's time to say, like, hey, is Kadarius Tony the real deal? And I have to say, it's looking like this is a breakout we're trying we're starting to see here now. So they've been two it's two good games here, and it took the top three options, including Daniel Jones going down this offense, which Daniel Jones going down, terrible play. Hope he's okay medically. Never see never like seeing people lose his job here. But uh, I'm not sure if it really hurts the offense that much yet. It probably does. Mike Land's not any good, but still, I had to get that little jab in there uh, and just say losing those top three options to go down, not. Uh, that's, that's, uh, it's not great that you need those top three options to go down. Or was it four? Galladay, uh, Shepard, uh, Saquon. And I'm probably missing someone else too, who went down. Slayton. But, and Slate Slayton's down too. Oh, wow. Jeez. So those top four options going down and then Tony starts to smash. Now, the thing is, is you do see sometimes when everyone goes down, you get players like who get just thrust into it. Uh, but basically, when you look at New England's, some of their wide receiver cores in past years, that's what it looks like when there's no other targets to be soaked up and, and those wide receivers get uh, opportunities and there's just, they, they're inefficient, low catch rates, don't do much after the catch, very uninspiring. Kind of what Detroit's wide receiver situation looked like early on this season. Uh, that's what happens when you just, you're just, there's no targets. So you just, uh, they're just, someone's got to get these these receptions. However, that's not the case with Tony because he's being dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's being explosive. He's scoring fancy points. He's doing it all. He's doing. He, man, he's just looked good and dynamic and like a a true man. He's looked freaking good. Uh, so, and, and at the very least, he's been a a steal in third rounds of rookie drafts after he being hated on by film watchers, being hated on by nerds who the number crunchers. Uh, now, am I willing to say that like it was still a good draft pick by the Giants in the first round? No, I think he's probably would have been better off going the second round and what have you. And and you know ultimately you got it right. Okay, yeah, you got it right. But that's gonna, I'm not going to go down that that rabbit hole here. But ultimately, 
I think he's got to be. I originally in my notes had him as a top forty wide receiver, and then in my heart of hearts, I was still going to be a little stubborn bastard and say that he's four, top forty five wide receiver at this point, which is a vast improvement where I had him in my ranking. So I'm going to say here that he is going. He looks like he's proving a lot of people wrong. You need to see it a little bit more here, but what he has shown in this limited sample size makes you think that uh, man. I, I'll be first as a huge hater. I'm happy to see him doing well because uh, I'm happy to see him. Yeah, I'm just happy to see him doing well. I mean, here's the thing. There's no reason Tony should have been a third-round draft pick in any rookie draft. There's first-round draft capital. Respect the damn draft capital. I'm not a Tony guy. I'm actually far from a Tony guy myself. But the Giants were Tony guys, and they put the capital in. There's no reason he should have been a third-round pick. I got him in a few places in like the fourth round of IDP drafts because people were taking like crazy IDP players over a first round wide receiver. It was insane. In terms of dynamic playmakers, he's dynamic, but the bar was low. So I think top 45 is probably kind of low for him. The big issue with him going forward is the unknown and the build of that team and like who's going to be like running that offense. But at the same time, like, Shepard is not a long-term solution for that wide receiver core. Slayton's overrated. Freaking Ingram's, like, pretty much done. Galladay, he serves a whole different purpose to an offense, where he's more of like a a downfield stretcher where Tony's going to make his living on that short, intermediate route to just get in the ball and let him do his thing. There's plenty of opportunity for him to be there. It's just a mess of an organization. I think top 45 is, is fair. I actually think it could be a little too low on him, but I like it, Davey. I like it. All right. I'm just I'm just reading here, Todd. Did he get ejected from that game for throwing a punch? Did he? I I, I didn't know that, honestly. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm seeing here, Kadiris Tony gets ejected for throwing a punch late and lost to Cowboys. Huh. Well, good for him. Wow. Jeez. And he headbutted. Did you see he headbutted the, one of the, the medical staff by accident? Yes. Because he was ticked off? I, 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 I did see that. That was something <laughs> um, but yeah i love a giants player punching a cowboy rivalries all right let's Ugh. go davy tell me anything funny find me at f f underscore the spaceman on the tweet machine over on my patreon you can find out a lot of my free databases are over there my weekly nfl database which has been a delight this season you can find me over at dynasty league football and at rookie fever where we talk rookies all day long and yeah, Todd, that's where you can find me. How about you, my friend, as we wrap up show two for this week? You can find me at FF underscore Benjamin over on the Twitter sphere. You can find me over at the IDP guys for my rankings, my musings, my writings. And you can hit me up on the Slack chat with the IDP guys for trade advice. But yeah, you got to subscribe. Until next time, see you on the flip side.